Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah, I know. Um, and, uh, <laughs> unless you're not clear, I am not a woman. Okay. <clears throat> Actually, Christian, me, Julie, and the team have talked this through. If we can say it respectfully, we want to be rolling out women all through the year ministering. And uh, so we don't want that, if you like, almost that patronising sense of uh, bringing somebody out that would never, ever minister in the church apart from today. And that's one of the reasons that we've gone where we are. And we continually want to release mothers and women across our church, not with just ministry in the background, but frontline platform ministry that leads worship and that ministers the word. And it's going to happen more and more and more. And then three qualifications personally for me to be able to stand here today. Number one, I had a mum. And uh, she's no longer on this earth. Uh, she raised seven kids with my dad. So she needed a medal for that, you know. And they raised seven kids often or not a lot. And uh, at 66, uh, as they were, their, their retirement plans were no more ambitious than they wanted to do a bus trip to the west coast of Scotland we'd gone to Ingermouse and Mablethorpe for years and then when we'd all grown up they started to get a painting they thought they needed a visa to get there but but they they, they but they wanted it anyway 66 my mum had suffered a devastating uh, stroke and um for the next 11 years of her life she never walked again she could never speak and she had to be artificially fed with a completely alert mind, an alert mind in a broken body. And um, so it was an amazing, amazing journey. And during that time, she uh, restored relationship with one of my sisters that was very broken. Um, She blessed the grandkids. And she kept dad in check um, because he was renowned for getting facts wrong. Always, you know. And so we'd be in the room... She'd be lying there and he'd be saying something and the hand would go up. And then we had to tease it out to mum, even though she couldn't talk, about what the truth was. Um, and uh, my mum was very flawed in many respects. But I realised this morning as I was thinking again that uh, uh, consistency, courtesy, every time I went out, don't forget your please and thank yous. Industry, resiliency, they're still my best friends today. And sanctified by Jesus, uh, they've been a great help in me being what I am. So I honour my mum. I preached at a funeral service and the text was, when I am weak, then I am strong. And it never seemed more apt. And then, of course, for nearly 36 years of our nearly 40-year journey of marriage, I've lived with a mum. And on the 6th of October, 1983, Miriam was born into our world. She's now become a beautiful young woman. And she's, in the last year, been released up to serve on a ministry team also in one of our biggest churches in the country. And we're very proud of her. Of course, uh, I remember we were talking about Ina Stone in Jacksdale all those years ago, giving a woman's, uh, a, a Mother's Day message. And Ina talked about giving your kids roots but also giving them wings. And for this mum, she had to literally give her daughter wings because she lived in Australia for six years. And uh, 
forgive me for a moment for some absolute, unashamed, unadulterated bias. But our Miriam and Alison think she's the best. And uh, it's ditto from me. And then my third qualification is I'm watching two mums, my two daughters, and uh, we got to the other side of 60 before the grandparenting season kicked in. And uh, over the last nearly four years, Charlotte, Annie Hope, and then Caleb Jonathan, and then Arietti, and I can never remember a second name, so... Uh, <coughs> he's Japanese. That was, that was the conversation we had when they told us. Sharon says, it's nothing to do with you. <laughs> Moro, Moro, Moro. It's Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we tr- we're, trying to do our little, we're trying to do our little bit with the, with the little ones, and, and, and sometimes that's why you... You don't see Sharon perhaps around quite as much in the week at the moment. It's a season for us. We've got a good rhythm for it, and it's her ministry at the moment. Um, But with these little ones, two or three things. As you get older, you forget how messy the little ones are. You forget the relentless, boundless energy. How many times you've lifted them up? Granddad, again. But there's one message I've not forgot from people that were grandparents before me. And that is at the end of the day, you can hand them back. (laughs) Now for a moment, let me me try and be serious. Because as I was thinking about today and as we're leading up to the, 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 the message... I want, I want just to reflect for a moment, not only on motherhood, but womanhood. About 18 months ago, the Me Too movement went viral across the earth, social media fueling the fires of that. And I, I know that uh, uh, in the first instance, it was particularly built around celebrity stardom, film, entertainment industry. But it seemed as though God was using it for me and reminding us that there was something deeper in this that unearthed a whole lot of attitudes that we continually need to redress, particularly those of us that belong to the kingdom of God in terms of women in the earth. Uh, And so from a global perspective this morning, there are still too many women and mums that are being trafficked across nations. There are still too many women controlled by violence and intimidation. There are still too many women denied education purely on the basis of their agenda. 90% of women in Afghanistan are illiterate because they can't find a place to go to school. There are still too many women exploited for gratification in the adult entertainment industry. That industry in North America alone garners more money than the three main sports of the states, the National Basketball Association, the National Football League, and the Major League Baseball team. More than that. We've got a problem. And so today in this church, very seriously, we honour women. Um, You're not second class. You're not any less than men. And for those of you that have had to be on the end of some of that at times, we 
we believe that you can find complete restoration and wholeness in Jesus Christ. And that he can set you up for yet the greatest days of your life to serve him and to honour him in all that you are. In my office, I have the Coventry Cross of Nails. This is prayed every lunchtime on a Friday across many, many European nations. And some of you will know that Coventry Cathedral particularly has been graced since the end of the last war to pray prayers of reconciliation. And part of the prayer says this, the lust which dishonours the bodies of women and children, Father, forgive. And so we come to our text. Last week... I didn't need a word of knowledge to know that I needed to speak about a mother on this special day. The question was, which one? Because there were lots of them in the Bible. And last week at our brilliant joint service, as Christian was preaching on the 2020 vision offering, he made reference to the widow woman with two sons in 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. Immediately, I says, that's the woman. He didn't know it. But all these things are going off in you. That's the woman. Um, So that's where we're going this morning. I'm going to read the verses and then we're going to run through some brief points. So if we could put the text up, that would be really good. Just help us, please. So this is 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. It's got a culture. It's got a setting. It's got a place. But let me contextualise it into 21st century living in Arena Ilkeston this morning. It was a lady whose husband had dropped dead. She's left with two sons. She's got no money and the bailiffs are coming. That's the story. So here we go. So the wife of a woman from a company of prophets cried out to Elisha. He was a prophet. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my boys to be slaves. Elisha replied, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha says, go around and ask all your neighbours for empty jars. Don't ask just for a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour the oil into the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons and they brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another. He replied, there's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. And so in the moments that we've got left this morning, I'm going to run through these at pace. Five little things from the story of the widow with two sons that had got a problem. As we go there, there was a story about a lively little boy. Mums, how many of you have had lively little boys? <laughs> One day outside of his mum's eyesight, he jumped onto the chair, stood on the shelf facing out to the uh, windows, hid behind the curtains And then his mum went to sort of go behind him. He's shouting out, I've got to get out of here. (laughs) And it reminded me of the cry of this lady who wanted to get out of the situation but had nowhere to go. Let's see how she responded. Number one, there was a debt. There was a debt. Now, debt's never good. 
in any situation. And uh, the story goes that her husband was of the company or the school of the prophets. He was in the Elisha ministry school. (laughs) You see, there's nothing new. Two weeks to go. We'll reflect on that another time. And uh, what used to happen is that Elisha the prophet, having succeeded Elijah, would gather people together and train them in ministry, preaching, prophesying, so that they would be sent into the nation of Israel to bring the word of the Lord. The Bible, as often, doesn't give us all the detail, but this man died, and it's almost certain that he died suddenly. And now this woman's a single parent with two sons, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, the man who died suddenly also left her owing the creditors. Someone's defined debt as something that is owned, a liability, an obligation. We have national debt. The figures are mind-boggling. We have sometimes personal debt. And across Arena Church, sometimes we've had people that we've tried to help and shepherd and pastor through personal situations that have almost strangled the life out of them and they found a better day. And this morning, if you're in a situation that in your particular circumstances, there's a debt issue, then there are people around, there's financial courses that are rolled out during the year, even if it's just to get somebody at times to say, well, you pray for me and God can help you. And then perhaps worst of all, the spiritual debt, the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life and as Tim reminded us in that great lead this morning we can't pay for this we're never good enough for it it's not by credits but we have to come to a place and at the end of the service Christian's going to give an invitation on the back of the message to call you this morning with your first time response to say never mind about financial debt I understand there's a debt in my heart because of the things I've done wrong that I could never pay. And this morning, Jesus comes into your life. Here's the good news. And the debt is removed forever, never to be remembered anymore. This is why we do what we do. There was a debt. And then there was despair. It says in the verses that uh, the woman cried out. It literally means... I almost thought I was going to try and replicate it this morning, but I don't want to frighten anybody. But it literally means that she wept uncontrollably and she shrieked in grief. As I've got a bit older, I've become a bit more of a crier, you know. Um, I'm not blubbering all over all the time, but I I seem to get moved by things more. I get moved by music more. I, I get moved by... I'm sometimes just watching somebody respond. I'm watching how people talk. And there's been times when uh, that even is greater than that. Um, In our denomination, we're coming to the end of a season. I am. And the last two and a half years um, uh, have been tough. And uh, we just thank God that God's helped us. And the beginning of that two and a half year period, Stephen Lynn Holmes, who sadly hasn't been able to come to our church for many, many, many months, came to see me about something else. And it was just, they were just the right people in the right time. I'm down in my office, weeping uncontrollably, flat out on the floor, as I felt the pain of something that we were going to go through. Well, times that by many, and this is where this widow was. We've got mums around this room today. You face circumstances. 
and all your felt's despair. You've shrieked out from the inner beings in your heart. It seemed completely, completely hopeless. She'd lost her husband bad enough. But now her sons are endangered as well. A single parent mum, we honour every one of them in Arena Church across all the campuses, seemingly coming to a cruel end of family life and left totally on her own. And she cried out to the servant of God and asked if he would help. I don't know what your despair is this morning. You may be despairing about a daughter that's not contacted you this morning or a son that's completely errant in his ways and all he gives you is grief. And outside of the joyous celebration of a Sunday morning in Arena Church, you're there at times crying out to God from the very inner being of your heart. I want to say God hears you every time. And I just encourage you to keep running to God, to keep giving it to God, to keep crying out to God because it is the best place that you can take your despair to. Number three, there was devotion. As the woman cried out, she cried out to God, but she cried out to the man of God. Listen, when you cry out to God at times, God uses people in your world to bring the answer. People that love God, people that know God, people that carry God, people that can encourage, people that can show compassion, people that pour out to you. So when you cry out to God at times, don't be surprised that circumstances collide with your despairing world through people who bring the message and who bring the answer. And she believed in the school of the prophets because she knew the impact that it had on her own husband. She could have ran to a loan shark. She could have tried to address the issue by immoral means. She could have ran from God and not to him. The classical singer Russell Watson, who's had two brain tumors, says you can do two things when you're in a crisis. You can run to God or run from him. I've decided to run to him. That man's not far from the kingdom. He's probably already stepped in. And this morning you can do that as well because there's wives across this church. There are people saying, why did that happen? What about that? We all carry wives. We all carry wives. There'll be some women here this morning, very, very sensitively in the depths of your heart, saying, why? Why? I encourage you not to run from God, but to him. Because he's the ultimate answer. And so she came to Elijah, and uh, Elijah uh, brought some help to her. This morning, I encourage you not to run to the wrong places. Don't run to pills. Please hear me carefully here. I'm not, I'm not uh, being tried. I'm not accusing everybody. But there was a report on Friday in the press that the intake of antidepressants in our nation has doubled in the last 10 years. It's now at 71 million or nearly 200,000 prescriptions per day. Don't run to booze. Don't run to drugs. Don't run to relationships that will find you being used in the wrong way. Run to God. Run to God. He cares for you. There was a construction company in the States that were building a new road. And sadly, they had to demolish some trees. I like trees. I don't like Sheffield City Council knocking all them trees down. I don't know if you've seen it in the... Don't come and tell me afterwards that you work for Sheffield City Council. But, but you know... <laughs> 
But I like trees. Our Alison's little road in Sherwood's tree-lined. It becomes beautiful at this time of the year. They almost crisscross across the road and cause an arch. Anyway, they found a, a nest of little birds in one of the trees that weren't yet ready to fly. So the foreman of the gang says, we're not knocking that tree down yet. And uh, several weeks went by and one day he went up in the lift and found out that the birds had flown the nests and so the tree came down. But as you know, birds gather all sorts of material from all sorts of places to make the nest work and they used some paper and it seemed to have come from an old church pamphlet because as the paper fell to the ground, as the tree uh, hit the deck, the foreman of the working team picked up this pamphlet and the first words he read was, Cast all your care upon him because he cares for you. And this morning, friends, he really does. Cast it on him. Cast it on him. Cast it on him. He cares for you. And then fourthly, there was a directive. There was directive. Elijah says, have you got anything in the house? Notice in the first instance, she said, no. No. And then a small jar of oil. Bible commentators have said that maybe this jar of oil was anointing oil. Remember, she was married to the school of the prophets. Maybe as they went ministering, prophesying, preaching, praying, believing for folks to get blessed, they touched them with oil. Remember when Christian gets the oil out occasionally. It's always a blessed time in church. So oil. We've only got a little jar of oil. He left it before he died. And you know the story. He says, get all the pots and pans from the neighbours. Shut the door and gather them all together and then begin to pour the oil. It seemed silly. It seemed ridiculous. How many of you know that God doesn't always logically work? He sometimes seems to go against what we think is the best solution to the answer. And he's simply asking us to follow the directive. You see, it's a step of faith that, that uh, erases faith in ourselves and expresses faith in a God that's able to bless. And that's what they did. And fifthly, there was a deliverance. It's a great finish. It's a great finish. Don't you like nice finishes to stories? When you're watching that film and you think, he's not going to die and... Ooh, ooh, I want to... I was expecting that. It's supposed to be a nice finish. But here's a nice finish. And so they filled the jars and filled the jars and filled the jars until mum looked to the little boy and probably a teenager. Says, any more pots and pans? No, mum. We've been round all the neighbours. We're absolutely rammed full of pots and pans. And at that point... Those beautiful, emotive words, the oil stopped flowing. This was a miracle. A definition of a miracle is a supernatural manifestation of divine power. And in our ministry school, we were talking about the economy of miracles. You see, if everything was a miracle, it wouldn't be a miracle. (coughs) But we want more miracles. You see, if you want to get fit, it's not going to take a miracle. That's what it's going to take. <laughs> Young people, GCSEs coming, A-levels, college. If you want to pass that exam, 
You don't need a miracle. And believe me, I've tried it. Not revising and then turning up saying, Jesus, help me. And I feel him saying, no chance. I was taking exams into my 40s, Bob will tell you, because of that bivocational journey. And it was three strikes and you're out. Failed the exam three times, didn't have a job. And so don't think your exam season's finished at 18, 19, 21, 22. In fact, it shouldn't because you should be committing yourself to a lifelong journey of learning. But the reality is that the most success I've, I've had at passing exams is when I've prepared well. I didn't need a miracle. I just needed to burn the midnight oil. And uh, if you want to learn a language, uh, Spanish, Italian, how about Japanese? You know, <laughs> so, I can, so I can say morrow properly. Yeah. <clears throat> You're going to have to go to night school or get some tapes. You don't need a miracle. You need some learning. You get the points. But this morning, there are miracles going to flow in Arena Church because somebody's going to get saved. You can't do anything to make that happen. Somebody's going to get delivered this morning. You can't do anything to make that happen. Somebody's going to go out of here this morning knowing that God's going to provide in a new way for your life. You can't do anything to make that happen. That is a supernatural manifestation of the divine power of God. An arena church believes in miracles and lots of them. All you've got to do is bring the empty vessel and let's see what the Lord will do. So we threw. Thousands of years ago, we sought to contextualize today's story and appropriate life lessons to us. Maybe this morning you're like that little boy standing at the window behind the curtains saying, I need to get out of here. And God's going to help you to do exactly that. Maybe you're needing a breakthrough today. Maybe you've tried getting to God in your own strength and you know it's failed helplessly. And this morning, all you've got to do is run to him. Maybe, and I hope you caught my heart, you're a mum, you're a woman today. And there's some broken issues in your life that still need a miracle of healing. Come to him. Don't despair. Bring your personal devotion to the Lord this morning. Obey the directive that he brings to you as he chases you down with his love and see a great deliverance. Today, there's going to be some cakes cut. There's going to be some cards given. There's going to be some flowers shared. There's going to be some meals that are going to be made. But I suggest today that there's no more celebration and there's nothing that could better that mum and those two lads coming back from the marketplace sold the oil, debts cleared, threat removed. Truly a miracle for a mother. It can be yours too. Amen.